Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 93. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently available for streaming on the internet. So you don't have to. This week, we'll be talking about the 2011 horror film, The Resident, which comes to us from Amazon Prime, though it's also available on Hulu. Yeah. Multiple. I feel like that doesn't happen usually, but it was interesting that it happened here with this random ass 2011 horror movie. This film was directed by Antti Jokinen, who is Finnish. This is his debut film. He's a music video director beforehand. And for everyone who who really felt like we got off 2021 on the right foot, our last episode was a, a deep dive into the career of one of America's most polarizing art film directors, and here we have the the prototypical throwaway 2010s horror thriller. That's the duality of this podcast. We do it all. We are not only art film snobs. We are not only schlock lovers. We do it all. I think that's a good thing. I certainly think so. This is a movie that I would not recommend our listeners spend their time watching. How about you? Um, I was actually thinking long and hard about this because I know you usually ask me this question and I feel like it's something that I've said before, but it's that like, if you had infinite time, I wouldn't not recommend this. It's just that it's probably not worth it when there's so much else that's good, but I don't like not recommend it. You know what I mean? Like, I think it was fine for what it was trying to offer and I had a good time watching it. It's just that like, it took up valuable real estate in our movie watching you know, there's only so many hours in a day. This would not be in the first 10,000 movies that I would recommend That's what I'm watch. saying. That's what I'm saying. It's not like... Even even given infinite, infinite So no, time. I don't recommend it. But like, I didn't, I didn't waste my time. I know that you may feel differently. I was surprised to see that this is uh, billed as a Hammer Horror film. And listeners of this podcast may know that Hammer Horror was a British horror brand and production company um, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, who shut down in the 70s, who really made their name with franchises of the universal horror movies of Frankenstein and Dracula, starring Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Um, a lot of the really lurid, colorful, campy 60s and 70s horror films people talk about are Hammer Horror films. Yeah, why is... Why? why? Well, as it turns out, <laughs> this is just a re-up of the brand name to try to bring some identity to British horror, which is hilarious because this film takes place in New York City and... Yeah, wait, I, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> ...is not uh, especially British. It's by a Finnish director. The cast is primarily American, and it takes place in America. Um, so they're but just no, hoping so that you, like, hear Hammer Horror, and you're like, I'm gonna Google that, and then you learn about Hammer Horror, like, not, like, through this movie, but not through watching this movie? It's very confusing. I don't know that they're still... Uh, trying to pretend that this is a, yeah, a brand revival. It's very weird. But this is a Hammer Horror film in name only. It, it bears no relationship to those films other than it has Christopher Lee in it for some fucking reason. <laughs> I like keep forgetting that he's in this movie. <laughs> Christopher Lee is in probably four or five scenes of this film. Yeah, he has uh, like, what would you say, like eight, ten lines? Probably around that. It was a couple years before his death, if not immediately before his death. Uh, he's very old. <laughs> he has nothing to do other than say a couple mean things to his grandson. And it really makes me want to know, like, because Christopher Lee is so associated with Hammer, is that why 
this happened. Definitely. It's because Hammer was like, we gotta get Christopher Lee in this. Yeah, it is his last Hammer film before he died. Like, Sure, but it was also his first in three decades yeah. because Hammer didn't exist <laughs> right. for a long time. No, it doesn't really make any sense. It's meaningless. Let's dive into this movie, which I Please would do. wholeheartedly not recommend. Um, Hilary Swank is a doctor. She is not a resident. She's a full-on ER doctor. Um... <laughs> who's in New York and looking for a place to live. She finds a place to live when uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan calls her and says, hey, I saw that you were looking for an apartment. Uh, my, I have an apartment. I'm going to have an apartment available. Jeffrey Dean Morgan owns this building. He's, his, his family It's owns been in it, his yeah. family for a long time. Mm-hmm. At one point, he says something to the effect of, like, his life is very wrapped up in keeping this building. It's part of why he hasn't been able to, like, get out and date. It's because he's so Involved attached to this building. In, like, rehabbing this building. Yeah. yeah, and he's doing a great job. It's a nice old New York building. Uh, 3800 a month. Yeah, very cheap. Cheap for New Well, it's like... how There's only one bedroom, I guess, but it's huge. It's huge, and it's it like... It has a view of the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. Like, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous apartment. I was admiring it the entire time. Hillary Swank moves into this apartment feeling like it's too good to be true. Which it is. Which it is. Starts... Casually dating Jeffrey yeah. Dean Morgan. She's yeah. got baggage. She's got an ex that she can't stop thinking about who cheated on her. Played by Lee Pace. Yeah. Um, and Christopher Lee is Jeffrey Dean Morgan's grandfather who lives in the building. Mm-hmm. And again, who's, this building has been in the family. And he has been sick lately and is nearing the end of his life. Yeah, and he does, he's doing his Christopher Lee thing and standing ominously and using his scary low voice <laughs> and intimidating her. But Jeffrey Dean Morgan is like, he's cool. He just like is really protective of the building, et cetera, et cetera. Eventually Hillary Swank decides that due to her baggage and just not wanting to date her landlord, which is a totally respectable Fair. thing to decide. He has a key to her apartment and he just lets himself in sometimes. That is not something that to treat you wanted a boyfriend. Hillary Swank decides that she she's not going to have a relationship with Jeffrey D. Morgan and sort of breaks it off before it really starts. Um, they hook up like really only the one time, and and th- they don't have sex because yeah. she's like I can't I can't actually I do can't this. do this right yeah. now. The film then <laughs> smash rewind <laughs> flashes us back and plays out for a while in Jeffrey Dean Morgan's perspective, and we see. That he's orchestrated all of this. Yeah, he became obsessed with her after seeing her in the ER. He glimpsed her. He didn't even... I think it's actually really funny. He didn't even do that thing that I feel like happens in movies like this where he fixates on some aspect of her personality. Yeah. He sees her in the ER because his grandfather is sick. Um, Sees her badge. Sees she's got, like, looking for an apartment. She has, like, an ad. Which is such a strange way to advertise that you need an apartment. On a corkboard in a hospital? Hey, people at this hospital, call me and tell me you've got an apartment. Like, that's not how apartment hunting's ever worked for me, but, like, whatever. It works in this situation, I guess. I mean, it, in the world where having hunted for apartments in big cities, that's not how it works. You're totally right. Yeah. But in the world where this works, a lot of people come in out of the hospital, and if you're trying to get your your message in front of a lot of eyes... I guess it I, makes yeah, sense. I guess this is like pre-Zillow. Like, <laughs> it's not. It's a 2011 to, movie. Did, did Zillow exist in 2011? You could definitely find an apartment online in 2011 because I definitely Sure, did. valid. It's like Craigslist, though. I definitely found an apartment off Craigslist in 2011. Yeah. Regardless, he becomes obsessed with her. I guess we should just lay it all out now. Yeah. Um, he is like creeping on her. Yeah, he, he's got like, ma- like many 
tunnels behind the walls behind the walls where he can peek at her while she's bathing and does he hide in the wine closet that's like in her kitchen yes that she eventually discovers and wants to use and he's like oh shit no my hiding spot Um, but yes he's like hiding behind her walls and peeking at her and i mean that's the that's the most innocuous thing he does he like breaks into her house and like masturbates in the tub yeah and like lays on her bed with one of her dresses and like strokes it and oh, he uses her toothbrush? Oh, yeah, he uses her toothbrush. It's so funny. One of it is really sexual, and one of it is really just, like, possessive and creepy in a different way. Like, very, uh, it's, like, a different kind of violation, you know? Um, and he eventually gets to the point where he starts drugging her and um, then sneaking into the apartment at night and, like, at first just kind of... Watching her while she sleeps her. and yeah. then fondles her. And then he, like, at one point lays on the ground and, um, like, sucks on her finger. Like, pretending to be a dog that, uh... <sighs> I hate it. So she gets back together with, with Lee Pace, her ex, uh, and he has a dog that she also loves. And so mm-hmm. he pretends to be that dog while she's sleeping and licks her fingers. Um, we should also say, this is all specifically his ramping up the psychotic behavior is in response to being friend-zoned. Yes. It is not that, like... Once she moves in, he's trying to date her normally. The second that she's like, hey, this isn't working for me, mm-hmm. he flips out. Yeah, because they have a couple really weird interactions where she's like, I can't do this. And he's like, oh my God, no, of course. And then he watches her for a little bit. He's and then like, he goes, wait, then, why though? Well, then he goes to her and he's like, you're so right. We shouldn't date. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so good. You feel that way. And he was like, wait a second. No, I wanted her to like, I was fight baiting me. you. Yeah. And then after that conversation, he's like, oh no, I need to like get her back. Stat. Um, and of course he does the classic thing and he like attacks Lee Pace. Well, Lee Pace discovers the, the false backed wine closet and finds the tunnels. So of course Lee Pace has to die. Well, he attacks him before that, which is like, he, I think he does really ineffectively. He like, scares him because without he, yeah, like... Without, without revealing himself or being like, stay away from what's her face, which I think is just super ineffective. Like you live in New York, you just got jumped. Like you're not going to attach that in your mind to like, maybe I shouldn't get back together with my girlfriend. Like, it just doesn't... It's it's a very poorly thought-out plan. Eventually, she gets... There's just too much weirdness that she keeps feeling like it's off, so she gets a security system. Well, and she system. keeps sleeping through her alarm. She's, like, not going to work because she, like, literally... Well, she's being drugged and she doesn't know it yet. Yeah. Well, that's... The climax of the movie is her, fight, her getting a toxicology report because uh, she works at a hospital, and realizing that she's been drugged. That's, yeah. like, the, the, the climax here. And then goes home and checks the security footage and sees, finally, that Jeffrey Dean Morgan has been breaking in and doing creepy shit. And potentially, like, this pastime did actually rape her, yes? Yeah. Yeah. We don't see it's it. It's off screen. It's off screen, but he makes a comment later that is very indicative of that. He says, this time you get to be awake, this time you get to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, this is the climax of the film. We're just zooming through and we'll, we'll loop back. That's fine. He comes in to surprise her with wine the day that she has gotten the toxicology report, which is also the day that Lee Pace has stumbled upon the secret tunnels and is now missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't even know any of that. It's all happening very fast. Very quickly. It's all the same day. And then he's like, he gets weird vibes from her. And immediately is like, no, now oh, the is, jig is up. The yeah. jig is up. Yeah, it's time to go. So they have a long fight where he's very sexually aggressive to her, and they run all over the house and, and into the tunnels and such. into the tunnels. She it's, finds the dead body. It's very protracted. 
eventually, I don't really want to talk about all of it. It's not like no, no, good it, action. It goes on for a very long time. Eventually, she kills him with a nail gun, and then she walks away, and that's the end of the, the movie. The nail gun is very uh, Chekhov for, I would say, most of the movie. The nail gun is always present. Yeah. It's always around. Because he's doing he's remodeling these uh, units. Yeah, and I think there's, a, there's an interesting scene where I think after she rejects him, he goes... Or is it before? I don't remember. At one point, he goes to put a board over... Um, one of his peepholes, like yeah. I guess swearing her off in some way. And then he goes and rips it down later when he gets upset. I think it's interesting. I don't know why, but I think it's like, it, I think that her killing him with a nail gun felt very inevitable after the whole, um, the people bit. Yeah. All, you all, know, all of the nail gun usage. In interesting is not the word I would use. It is something. It is, uh, trying to do something. I think the only plot detail we left out that's particularly relevant is that, Christopher Lee says something mean to Jeffrey Dean Morgan to the effect of your mother married a weak man and gave birth to one. I don't know why he's being such an asshole, really, uh, other than he's an old man and Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a fucking creep. So, like, he deserves to be... Yeah, he's right. Yeah, to be berated. Um, And Jeffrey Dean Morgan keeps playing this over and over in his head. It's part of, like, I guess supposed to be his psychosis as he's, like, losing touch with reality and becoming obsessed with Hilary Swank. Yeah. It eventually uh, prompts him to just murder Christopher well, Lee. Well, and his, we see, I don't remember where we see this, but his father did kill his mother and then kill himself. It is like a flash on screen for one second of a news article. In his head or does he, yeah. is he looking at it? I think it's in his head. I can't remember how it's we like see it. It's like a fantasy sequence because we also but, yeah. see like old photographs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he kills Christopher Lee. Um, again, my notes are just all caps at this point because what a waste of Christopher, like you get him in your movie. He's not secretly the villain. He's not the puppet master behind all this. No. He's not doing something really spooky and cool like you want Christopher Lee to freak you out. Yeah. He's just an old man who dies. I think, like, I don't have, I think, as many problems with this movie as you did, but something that I wrote down early on is that I think they did the Jeffrey Dean Morgan reveal too quickly. I know that we, the movie wants to see him ramping up, and I think that's fine, but if, if we thought it was going to be Christopher Lee for a long time and it ended up being Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I think that would have worked better. And I think it's like, it would have given... Uh, Christopher Lee a lot more to do. He could have stood ominously more than one time. He could have dropped by the apartment more. Like, I wish he, it kind of, I wish the movie was kind of trying to fool me a little bit more before it did the big reveal or whatever. I guess, I guess we're getting into it. This is it. This is the, this is the conversation that we're going to have. Um, I think what you've identified is the fundamental problem with this movie and why for me, I really didn't like it. I think that it is too invested in fleshing out Jeffrey Dean Morgan and his psychology. Uh, we spend way too much time with him alone, looking through peepholes, berating himself in his own head, doing his schemes. When I think that's just overcomplicating it. This movie's premise is so straightforward and can be really effective, especially... Yeah, there's a lot of horror movies like it. It's It feels like a really reliable trope. Yeah, but like especially with the talent that you have here yeah. with these actors... Hilary Swank is in a nightmare situation for a lot of single women in big cities, which is that, like, she is being preyed upon by the men in her life who are manipulating and abusing her, and her her paranoia about that is not unfounded. No, yeah. Like, this her is... Her getting a blood tox report and having it be like, yeah, you've been drugged, is like, she's not paranoid. She's right. completely right. But this is, like, a real-life fear that is so... Again, it's so straightforward. It's so easily mined for, for horror, again... 
why overcomplicate it by by taking us away from Hilary Swank, who again has two fucking Oscars and did this movie. And but but like by putting us in Jeffrey Dean Morgan's shoes at all, we again we spend way too much time with his schemes and learning about them. Well, yeah, and let and, it be a mystery. And to your point, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is really charming. So like he doesn't. I think for me in the beginning, I don't know if this was for you. He does not come across creepy at all. I think that he comes across really charming, really sweet, really fun. You're you're rooting for them as much as you can be rooting for this couple in this sure. horror movie. Uh, so I think exactly like I think they could have kept it a secret or a twist for a really long time and focused more on her and whether or not her paranoia was justified. Which but it's is like probably, an interesting story. It's probably half an hour in. It is half an hour. So we get this in. rewind, and it's so. Because, like, to your point, they could have teased the Christopher Lee thing more. Or Lee Pace. Or Lee Pace. This ex, who she has this really volatile relationship with, that she's kind of seemingly on the run from. The reason she's looking for an apartment is because she's trying to get away from, from him. Yeah. Like, this movie completely throws any of the mystery out the window when it shows us a third of the way in that Jeffrey Dean Morgan has been manipulating the situation. Again, he escalates. He gets worse. It turns into more of a horror movie in the third act. But... All of the potential thrills or fear, I just feel like are squandered because it I, doesn't want us to be excited or confused I at any disagree. Point. Confused, you're right. I disagree. And this is my, I think this is my fundamental issue with it, is that I like a lot of what is happening with him. I don't mind getting into his psychosis. Like, that doesn't bother me. I'm not like, oh, no, show more Hillary Swank being a doctor. Like, I don't care. It's not about her being a doctor, but it's about her reacting to the situation. Sure, but how long can you just do, I'm paranoid, I'm scared, my house is scary? Because we do see some of that from her, right? We see her, like, laying in her bed, what do you waking th- up in the middle of the night. What do you mean how much, like, what do you think Rosemary, you think Rosemary's baby would be better if we, like, knew who was in on it early? It's a, they're completely different movies, but okay. My point, <laughs> it's kind of a straw man. Your point is that you can't mind that forever, and I think that you can mind it a hell of a lot longer. Sure. I guess to, my point is just that some of my favorite scares were during that time period when we were seeing him just lurking. I think... Okay. I, I mean, you're not wrong. I think that's the thing is that, like, I don't know what I want out of this movie because I completely agree with everything you've said, and yet I do want to see some of him... Like I said, sure. lurking behind the peepholes, putting things up and tearing them down, like wrestling with himself. Like that is interesting to me. And maybe it's because I feel like I have seen the movie that you're talking about. I, I feel like be- I have seen like a movie where a woman is in a situation like that's the invisible man. Like, I just feel like we just like that's I mean, and that's a fantastic movie that is kind of doing this of like, how paranoid am I being? Nobody in my life believes me. And then she's completely right. The movie just came out um, a year ago. Yeah, so not in 2011. Sure, but, like, it exists. This movie wants to have it both ways. It wants to be both a movie where you're in Hilary Swank's shoes and feeling her her feelings of paranoia and being watched and confusion and trepidation about the men who surround her and also wants you to be in Jeffrey Dean Morgan's head and I think it's a really shallow portrait of what he's going through. I don't sure. think it does anything even remotely deep or interesting with him, like, self-flagellating basically no i wish we'd known earlier that his father did such a similar thing and whether or not like he's repeating his father's like footsteps at all like that would be interesting but this is my point is that i think that the movie's a failure because it is confused about what of those it wants to focus on i don't think it actually focuses on either i think it's really split between them agreed and as a result like i don't think it pays off either because i don't i don't disagree that there's 
potential for the movie that's about Jeffrey Dean Morgan um, going crazy. But I don't think that this is in service of either storyline. Like, honestly. Like, I agree with you. No, I mean, I, I also fully agree that I wish it had leaned harder in either direction. I absolutely think the twist happened too early. I think it wasted the potential red herrings of other characters, especially because this movie wasted both Lee Pace and Christopher Lee. I think we're in total agreement. It's just that I don't think I wanted it to, to necessarily definitely be in the Hillary Swank direction. I would have been happy with it going in either direction in a more interesting way. I I think also, it doesn't have to be about the storylines. I think this movie squanders a lot, regardless of its its confused narrative. Lee Pace doesn't need to be in this movie. No. Christ, again, Christopher Lee doesn't need to be in this movie. Like, you have really talented, and especially in those two cases, um, really evocative performers who can transform, who yes. can do so much, and they do nothing. Right. Lee Pace is in fewer scenes than Christopher Lee, even, and he's, like... And they don't even use him in a way that's like, oh, he cheated on her, so she has a reason to not trust him. And yet, when he's back in her life, she fully dives in. There's never any conversation of, like, oh, I feel conflicted about, like, whether or not to trust him again. What if he's the one behind all of this? Like, nothing. They're well, just the happiest couple in the world all of a sudden again for no reason. Well, at that point, we have stopped seeing anything right. about we Hillary know Swank. That, yeah. It's just Jeffrey Dean Morgan peering at them in coffee shop windows. We have no idea because we don't get to see her talk to her friend about getting back together. Well, with no, Lee Pace. we do because she gets. Remember, she goes to and she talks to her friend, and her friend's like, "Oh, why are you so upset? This guy's hot, and he's into you, or whatever." No, that's in the first. No, it's of the movie. not. It is after that. We do see Hillary Swank's point of view. It does not switch entirely to Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Because we see Hilary Swank talking to the security guy. We see Hilary Swank, like, talking to her friend. Uh, it does exist. It's just that it's, like, so flat and nothing. It's so shallow. Yeah. Again, both both stories are so shallow and done a disservice by yeah, having to share screen time. Is there anything you liked about this movie? I think we're in agreement about it. It's just that I didn't mind it. Yeah, this is what I want to say. It's that, like, I, I, I think this is an actively bad movie because I think it fails to do what it could have done. I don't think it's particularly scary... And like I said, I think, I think, it has I think really that it has scares. the opportunity to be really scary because of the universality of this of fear. fear. Yeah. And I think that it really... I think because of that, I found it genuinely scary. And uh, the, the word is like disgusting, but like it activated my disgust and my fear of like him laying down the ground, on the ground like that, licking her fingers. Like that had the same feeling to me of when we watched Gerald's game movie we did for this podcast and there's like a toe licking scene that also not my favorite movie like also a movie with a lot of flaws but I think about that scene a lot I think that was much scarier this is terrifying because I'm not saying this isn't this revolting isn't, revolting is a good word but I think that, that's like that that works for me you know like revolting is also a way that I want to feel when I watch horror movies it's not Fair all enough. about jump scares right sometimes it's about something genuinely horrifying happening on the screen and that was happening with Jeffrey Dean Morgan in this, he is a horrifying character. He does a lot of, like, incredibly psychosexual, disgusting things in her apartment that even if he never tried to kill her would still be horrifying. And I there's a scene where he, like, we, I don't even think we've ever seen him use the two-way mirror in her bathroom to stare yeah. at her, but yet it is there. And that felt very interesting to me when he, like, he bursts through it at one point to choke her. And it was like, oh, of course he has a fucking two-way mirror in this bathroom. I think you're right. Um, and what I'm identifying is less about... Because I think you're right that it is it is fear, it is horror in 
yeah, like to just to use the word again, revolting in his behavior. But I think that it completely sacrifices tension. I think maybe that's Agreed. what I'm I'm missing and identifying as not being scary is that I felt like there was no tension because I wasn't eagerly like anticipating or, you know, the push and pull of wanting but not wanting to happen. Whatever next gross thing he was going to do. I wasn't thinking ahead like, God, what's he going to do? Like, I was just kind of disengaged because it was so flat. Sure. Because there was no tension. I think what I, what I identified early about this movie, and I feel like this is a very specific uh, divide we have on this podcast that I've actually drifted from and I'm drifting back for the purposes of this movie, um, is that where you, the schlock that you like is like campy, I like this dumb, stupid shit. I do genuinely like it. It reminds me of being in high school and going to the movie theaters. And it's so funny because I just saw that Jessica Alba was actually up for this role. And when I think about Jessica Alba, I think about her dumb, stupid horror movie, The Eye, that I saw in theaters that I think about, oh, so regularly because I loved it, even though it is, in fact, a very stupid movie. And I saw a lot of movies like this in high school and college, sometimes at midnight with my friends, like... And we just had a good time, and it was never anything more serious. And I don't feel like I see movies like that anymore. Everything's prestige horror, which does not bother me, but, like, I just don't see movies like this anymore. And so returning to it for fun, it gives me some sense of nostalgia. Like, I really did enjoy a lot of the time spent with movies like this, where I do not have to use my brain for one single second. But they're good actors, they're good performances, there's nothing to be offensive about them. They just sort of are boring and stupid. And I don't know. I find a lot of like comfort in that. I hear you. Yeah, my brand of schlock is very much Christopher Lee as Dracula uh, and people, you know, covered in corn syrup. Right. You know, that is that is absolutely more. And I have fully come to appreciate that sort of schlock as well. And I really also enjoy it. It's the brain damage of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh I totally see the value in that, and I really enjoy that as well. It's just that I think I have a real nostalgia for movies like these. This was like the Amityville argument all over again. All over again again. from the very beginning of this podcast. (laughs) I mean, there's a moment early on where um, someone with black gloves is peering through a peephole as Hilary Swank bathed, and I was like, oh, is this like going to be a giallo? Uh, And then, of course, no, it's about a man's journey into psychosis. Yeah. Uh, So I I think that my, my reaction to this movie being so negative is in summary, just really rests on squandered opportunity Wanting on more. Missed, yeah. op- missed ideas and feeling like it had the tools it needed to, cause it's, it's competently directed. The writing competent I, is such a good word. It's for. it's fine. Uh, yeah. it doesn't have style, but it doesn't need style. Uh, it's fine. Um, but it's bad to me because it didn't do anything interesting when it could have, in my opinion. I think it yeah. really had it had what it needed to and it chose not to. It chose not. It actively chose not to. And that's what <laughs> bothers me so much about it. I totally agree. Again, I think we're just like, it comes down to a valued judgment of whether or not it needs to be good. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's fine to want more from your horror movies. Anything else about this? I just love Jeffrey D. Morgan. I love him so much. I think it's also like a part of this is that I just genuinely adore him for so many reasons. Uh, and I love to see him in movies. I don't, yeah. I don't really see him anymore. He's on the walking dead. I know. That's why that's I don't a, see, that's why I don't see him that's anymore. That's the career that he's, he was know. also in a fantastic horror movie that I also think about all the time. I know him from Zack Snyder's Watchmen, which was probably my first, uh, who does he play in Watchmen? The comedian. 
Oh, yeah, of course. He's very... Yeah, that was my first interaction with him. Uh, I don't say that I'm, like, terribly fond of him. I think he's pretty good in this. Uh, You know who I really like is Christopher Lee and Lee Pace, who uh, (laughs) are nothing in this movie. And Hilary Swank, I think, is fine. I think she's... Yeah, I don't have any particular attachment She's good when she's good. Um, She was in The Hunt, I think, just last year. And last movie we saw in theaters before quarantine. Insane. Uh, <laughs> is really leaning into the camp and silliness there. Not that this role calls for it in The Resident, but I really liked her in The Hunt. Um, yeah, she's great. In the and Hunt. because she's so extreme and goofy in a way that I think that she's often very serious. And again... Yeah. And she and Betty Gilpin play off of each other in the most fantastic way yes. possible. Uh, Hilary Swank has two Oscars, and those are a testament to her being a serious actor. And I'm sure she's very happy with her two Oscars. So I don't know why she felt she needed to do this. I don't know why any of them did, except for Christopher Lee having, I guess, maybe some hammer loyalty. But I don't know why I don't know why any of the four of them, all yeah. seasoned actors, would do this. Except that Jeffrey Dean Morgan's kind of a scream king. Again, I just he's from, he's from Supernatural to me. That's also a lot of the reason that I like him, even though I hate his character so deeply. Are you ready to give this a nail gun to the head? Oh, yes, of course. Why don't you pull up that roulette and we'll see if we could swing back in the other direction. Our next movie will be... Anna and the Apocalypse. I've heard of this. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Where it is on... it? It's on Amazon. Oh, because it's a musical. That's why I've heard of it. Is it a horror movie? It is a horror musical, yes. Horror comedy musical. Fascinating. Yeah. Anna and the Apocalypse. It's a Christmas movie. Are you past... Are you over Christmas? Yes, but it's what the roulette gave us. (laughs) That's true. The roulette wants to keep us in the Christmas season. I suppose. It's February now, but go off, I guess. Well, I think we are going to get back in the Christmas season. Our Christmas movie was a failure, so now I have to keep doing a Christmas movie until we find a good one. We might be here a long time. (laughs) Well, I want to like this. I'm going to go into this with a positive attitude. Anna and the Apocalypse. All right. Until then. You can check us out on our website at NowScreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at NowScreaming. Be sure to leave us a like and a review on your platform of choice. And tell your friends. And talk to us. We love it. And tell your friends to talk to us. (laughs) Thanks, as always, to Wes Craven. And to Michael Massey, a veteran background character actor who appears in this film as a security tech for one scene... And Wait, is also the one from Supernatural? Is in season three of Supernatural, <laughs> as you so joyously decreed while watching this film. I did say, I want everyone to know that this is my only talent, which is that I can see an actor who is in Supernatural and know most likely what Supernatural episode they were in. And I was like, I think this character was in Bad Day at Black Rock. And I was right. Thrilling. Thrilling for me. I won't tell you the thing he's most known for, because uh, we can keep it positive and we're thanking him on this. Oh, boy. So. Uh-oh. Uh, he did accidentally kill Brandon Lee on the set of The Crow. Oh my god. That's unbelievable. That's crazy. I can't believe I didn't recognize him when we watched that episode of Cursed Films. Yeah. Fascinating. Oh my god. Trivia. I love that. I hate it, but I love it. Hate that he did that. Love the trivia. It wasn't his fault. No, I mean, no. Holy shit. Sorry to end this on such a downer. Wow. But it's interesting. All right, everybody. Check the squib before you shoot. <laughs> and, uh, oh, my God. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.